Welcome to Bridging Gaps, the business podcast sharing the challenges and stories of fellow business owners. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Bridging Gaps, the business podcast. This week, we've got another live recording from a webinar that was run during COVID-19. And I'm joined by Liana Fricker of the Inspiration Space and Richard Woods of Lead Gen Global. They'll be giving lots of ideas and inspiration for how to get your business online Welcome to our webinar this afternoon. Today, uh, Richard and I are joined by the lovely Liana Fricker, and I am expecting this to be um, an hour full of boundless energy and ideas. I think between Richard and Liana, you're going to be going off rushing with ideas and ways to move things on, um, because I know the two of them just have so much optimism and um, and joy, actually, in helping people to find their way forward. So for those of you who haven't been on before, Richard Woods is, I keep calling him the lead gen maestro, and I might have to change that because he insisted on singing to me earlier. Uh, so we're going to, you know, lead generation, he's brilliant at. <laughs> and then we have Liana Fricker, and Liana is from the inspiration space. And Liana works with people to really to inspire them, to give them ideas, to help connect people um, and, and bring them together and bring ideas to them. So welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with asking you a little question. So we want to know, and I'm just putting this poll up into the chat. It'll appear in a little polls window on the right-hand side. How are you feeling about your business right now? So we know we're in times where things are a bit tumultuous. Oh, I don't apparently can't say that word, tumultuous. <laughs> oh, Hello. Chaotic. Ten points. I'll spell it. Yeah, yeah. We'll give up on that word. It's good in my W O M O N S T E R. No. Uh, maybe. Okay. And so people are obviously trying to figure out how how to get going. And you know, some of you have made great progress already because one, you've been on these webinars before, which of course is the sole reason you've made progress. Mm -hmm. um, and others, you've got ideas. Some people might be just wondering a little bit and things are, are kind of, my feeling is that they're calming down a little bit now. We're not getting the same rush of information and guidance. And I think people are settling into this, this new norm. So we can see over on the right that we've got a mix. Nobody's at five, which is good because we want you to be at five by the end of this. We've got somebody at one, a few people You're at two. Secrets, Deborah. You can't <laughs> process. Come sorry, on. sorry. That's what I'm saying, you know, watch the Titanic, you'll love it. He dies in the end. Like, what, what are you doing to us? <laughs> well, you know how it is. <laughs> So um, those results are looking interesting, aren't they? Look at that. They are very interesting. So a lot of people middle of the road at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um and we can see, and I see some familiar faces over there on the right hand side as well. So um 40% threes, 33% are a four, 20% are twos, seven percent are a one. Um, so interesting, and zero percent are five. So uh, um, Which is great. It is interesting, but that's slightly higher than if you say three weeks ago when we first did this, Debs, that you 
you probably are looking at um, a lot more ones and twos. Um, yeah. Percentage wise. It's interesting. It is. Yeah, definitely. Everybody was much lower. Um, and I think that was where we just really, everybody was kind of in shock. Um, we'd just gone into the lockdown. Everybody was, I don't really know what I'm doing. How do I move? And I think people are are starting to, to figure out their path. So, so what I would like you guys to do um, is to, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Emily has just said that she's having a good day, but tomorrow could be a one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'll just answer Lydia there as well. Um, Lydia, you're not able to put your camera on. So this isn't a Zoom call where we would see all the people. You just see the three of us. Um, so, so lucky you. <laughs> 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 um, um, and Marion, yes, this will be recorded. And I will send out a, um, a link. So if your Wi-Fi is not up to it today, don't worry. You'll get a link through um, coming afterwards. So. What we're going to do is if you guys could type some questions in, what do you want help with? Um, you know, what do you have a business that you're struggling to get online that you can't just imagine um, how you would lift it up from maybe its physical location and, and put it online or you're just having some some other problems and type those into the chat. And in the meantime, I'm going to ask Richard and Liana a question that was sent in to me earlier, which is a bit of a mixture. They're already online, but they're looking at how to, um, what should they use? What kind of software ideas do they have for actually setting up a membership site where somebody could come in and pay so that they're they're having to subscribe to it, and they just wanted some advice on you know what tools should they go to. You want to start off with that one, Richard? Okay, yeah. I mean, I I can start off. First of all, thank you very much, everybody, for being here, Liana. Fantastic to be uh, sharing the, the the webinar with you, and excited to kind of dip deep into your to your brain and to help um, the audience with this. So, um, look, guys, I think when you're talking about anything when going online, you've got to actually ask yourself why. You know. Am I doing it as a gut reaction because I've got to, you know, someone's told me I've got to get online because of this, you know, virus stuff. And, um, you know, if I don't do it, my business is going to be failing. And uh, um, we, we, we've seen a lot of people go completely off on a tangent in the wrong way, wrong direction, completely new audience with a completely new product. with something that's untested before in their business and spent weeks on that, trying to launch it now, wondering why they're kind of not making a fortune selling something at 25 quid. For a course or whatever it's, it's just it, it, it was um unwell thought about it was reactionary and i think when we see anything in life if you're really reactive if you're reactive too much then you'll create problems for yourself because you'll never have clear defined strategy what you should be thinking about is what actually did i want my business to be pre-corona and then where how can i actually then manage some of that growth some of that output via an online um, methodology now be that um, like for example my coaching and consulting businesses I always love an idea of a mastermind everybody's in a room together um, and Deborah and I were talking about how we can make the world's best mastermind Debs helps me with um, the kind of logistics and organization of it um, and we're talking about having kind of a, a concierge in the rooms where to help stuff someone take minutes the best food and we're kind of starting to think about those ideas and then of course if you think about all that it's just being whipped underneath us but one of the fundamentals we always want is a very strong online course offering and also a good 
uh, momentum kind of Zoom calls. So we've really doubled down on that during this time, plus added in some extra sessions and some extra one-to-one sessions via Zoom to then help members during this time. But we will still then carry on with a um, with a physical event afterwards. So that's why we didn't we didn't spend hours trying to create an online a brand new thing. We just kind of just tweaked our product offering and went forward from there. Um, so so that's why it was easy. I guess, it, guess it's easy to say that when it's when it's that small tweak. Um, so when you're thinking about what you should do, think about what you already have and can that be easily transitioned online? Was it? Do we know the industry sector etc. for this person? Um, no, I don't. Hang on. I might just, let me just double check. As you, as um, you don't get, so Diana, what sort of software and stuff do you use um, when you're thinking about online stuff? I mean, again, I think there are a few questions that you need to ask yourself before you start even thinking about the right software, which is how has the world changed and what's the value that my business adds in this new world? What does my customer need? in this new world. I'm always very reticent to suggest to people to set up membership sites because it's a very difficult business model to scale. And I say that as someone who has one. And the issue that you have is there's so much content online. There's so much available for free online. And Richard, to your point, because a lot of people have panicked from the shock And then said, I'm going to take my business online. I'm just, I'm going to build a course or I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it for free. And we've just added more noise to the pot. So what I would suggest this person does is take a big step back, take a breath, and then think about who is your customer and what is their problem? Why a membership site? Can you, are there other other ways that you can package up what you do? I think the other thing to remember is that this current circumstance is temporary. We are going to come out into this whole new world. So you may find that what you should be doing now is cutting costs, looking at ways to be more efficient in your business, thinking about bigger partners that you can work with so that when we reset this new normal, you can get out to market faster. You should be looking at of your products and services, assuming that your business hasn't had to go into hibernation completely, what are people, what are your, what are your customers still really buying? What do they, they love? Because that's a really great way to strip everything else back and just focus on the stuff that they're still getting from you now. So it's mental health and well-being training. Um, it's family consultancy is, is what she's um, is doing. And Marie is a different question. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think before you think about the right platform to use, you need to think about why you're using it because you can build a membership site and spend anywhere from 50 pounds a month to 10, 15,000 pounds a year, depending on what it is that you need. Okay, that's great. Oh, um, we haven't answered her question at all. We basically told her not to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, well, and actually, Rebecca, I can see that you're online because it's Rebecca who sent it through to me. Do you want to just send um, a, a little bit more information through to us and we can come back to that um, a little bit later as well um, and just see if we can expand um, so on it any further? 
Sorry, sorry, Debs. Is, is a family consultancy is to talk about sort of looking after the families that is divorce related. Is it in there? If it is, um, I can give you some really good ideas and examples. Um, and that I'm not sure of, Richard. So if Rebecca can pop some some information in for us, um, then we can find out a little bit more. Because as you say, I know that you are. Um, well, oh, she said we'll do. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Rebecca. So we'll come back to you in a few minutes. Um, and what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to jump to Anne-Marie. Um, so Anne-Marie has, I know, been with us before. And, and she's worried about doing too much online because she's been having some problems with broadband and, and trying to actually get enough performance to be able to run her courses online. And she's given us a little bit more information, which is the one that you read, which is mental health and well-being. Um, but was finding that the running the videos and things like that just wasn't working. So do we have any, I guess, ideas about how how she could approach it that maybe took away some of that dependency on the broadband? Because of course, right now, everybody's online. Mm. Um, and, and that's part of the reason, in case you guys wonder why I start these at quarter past, is because everybody hits on the hour. Um, so I'm just trying to go, actually, I'm just going to start a little bit off kilt and, and hope that we, we don't hit some of those challenges. Um, Very clever of you. I didn't even realize that. I just because <laughs> you. Yeah, that is good. That's I a good. The host for fifteen minutes, and it was convenient for me to start at three. That's why I thought. <laughs> anyway, right. So let, me, let me tackle that straight on. Right. So um, I love that as a conundrum, and it is a total conundrum. So how I would do that is I would pre-record your entire online course and all your content, mm -hmm. and I'd upload it to. Um, your membership site. And I know someone said, well, what is a membership site? I just want to clear, clear that up. It's an online course that you would pay a subscription to monthly that will give you maybe new content each month. So someone might pay £99 a month and they'd be able to get into your premium content and then they can watch it, they can develop it, they can go back. So so, why, so what would you do? So there's, there's sort of four four things that I'm seeing that are vitally important during this recession in terms of how you can give value to your audience. So first of all, you want to show thought leadership. So clearly by talking about your health and mental well-being um, workshops, that's you showing thought leadership, you actually taking the content to your audience. The second thing is that you want to create community. And so the community, you can pull people back into private lockdown Facebook group where just people that are in your membership can actually go into there and start interacting and sharing their problems. And that helps people to feel like I've got more people that feel and look like me. So I'm really feel like I'm part of something. The third thing that you want to look at is personalization. Now personalization for you is where you're having the problem. That's because you want to get people onto a, a webinar or something like this and you want to have it live. So how would I overcome that? I would maybe still go for a zoom, but I would then just go in via video via your phone and maybe go 4G because you might find the 4G is working better than your landline. So I test that out and just use your phone and just 4G it up. And then you can just do, say, a weekly check-in for the people that are on the course. So the body of the content they're still getting in the course, so the, the, the stuff that you need to actually do a really nice presentation for, they're still getting. But maybe you do like a weekly check-in and a Zoom. And we do it in the 30 Leads and 30 Days Challenge, and it works really well because people can kind of ask a few questions. You can answer that on the fly um, and then put it back. And then the fourth and final thing, of this four-legged important table you need to have is rhythm. You need to get into their routine. Um, Joe Wicks is, the, is a great example of that. He's now our 9 a.m. workout 
for the country. We all do our workout in lockdown to Joe Wicks at 9am and he's got into our rhythm. He's got into our routine. So he will then take that audience forward. If you can let into their rhythm. So for example, ask them to do a little task every single day, share the results in that community. And then on the week, at the end of the week, come onto your Zoom and then you can then share results there, then that is part of, you're being part of their rhythm, you're part of their routine during lockdown, you're giving them community, you're giving that personal touch with the Zoom and also you're giving them thought leadership. It's a recipe for success. So that's how I would do it. And it only means that you only have to spend one hour of that internet time and I'd flip to 4G on a Zoom if you can do. And I know that I ran the first webinar that I did with Richard and Robin, on 4G because conveniently at about two minutes to when we were about to start, my Wi-Fi decided to just drop, which wasn't helpful as I'm the one that has to click the start session button. Um, so um, Anne-Marie has actually said that she's not sure that that will work for her as it's um, deliberately an interactive course for managers. Um, so Liana, any other suggestions to maybe build on Richard's or to help with how you run a deliberately interactive course with poor or unreliable broadband? What I would actually do is run the whole thing via Slack. And I would use Slack instead of Facebook because Facebook groups are noisy. And at the moment, they are places where people are going and they're expressing all of their emotions around it. But sometimes, you know, if you're in a lot of business Facebook groups, it's, it, it can be quite a negative environment. And if I'm thinking about going to get mental health and well-being training, I want to be in what I feel is a safe online space um, that I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily associate with Facebook. And again, if it's work related, I don't, I don't, I personally don't enjoy working on Facebook um, I think of that as much more of like a social place, not somewhere where I'm going to do deep learning work. Slack is a workspace tool. Um, and a lot of community managers started hacking it about five, six years ago and using that to run communities. And that's what I use to run the inspiration space. And it's because you can set up lots of different threads. So you may have a thread that then says um, meditation. You can then have a channel that's specifically for um, CBT or whatever it is that you're, 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 you're training. And then it connects into, it's got an API that connects into lots of other, other platforms. So you can run zooms directly into a Slack channel. And then it gives you that spontaneity. Um, and you can have it interactive, but a lot of the, the community side of it is, is being developed in Slack. And so it makes it this one contained ecosystem, which is a much deeper, richer experience. Um, so that's the way that I would approach it, especially because a lot of, I don't know if these are corporate uh, people or also solopreneurs, but I know a lot of, of corporates are moving their teams into Slack um, or teams. And so again, it's because of the safety of it, you're more likely to get that um, through procurement and then you can, and then the way you monetize that could be um, like kind of like price per seat. And then instead of having a membership model, you're just invoicing per seat in one go once a quarter, which is going to be better for your cash flow. And what you're not going to have to do is then go wide with your marketing, trying to go for volume. You're selling in a really specific service to a corporate client, um, which is less work better revenue, um, and then you can manage all of that within that, that Slack space. 
That, that's great, Liana. Thank you very much. And I can see, um, one, there are lots of Slack fans on here. Um, and I can vouch for it as well. Um, Slack is great in terms of giving you a more focus. You're, you're not as distracted by mm -hmm. all of the noise um, and typically not by all of the ups and downs because obviously on Facebook, we've got the people who are, are just furious at the moment about everything, the people who are sad about everything, the people who are happy um, and, and finding that right um, that right balance for you and not letting your headspace get taken away by it, it is really important. Um, Anne-Marie, the one last comment that I will give you is I noticed you just put down that you were using WebEx. Trial some other um, webinar software as well if you are still having problems and if you still really need to go down that route. If if you're not able to shift and slightly modify your course to, um, to be more along the lines as, as Richard and Liana have suggested. Um, I'm using Demio at the moment. There's Zoom webinars, there's lots, and they're all coping differently um, with this situation. So it, it's worth doing a bit of testing. Um, so I'm going to jump back up because we had a question from Chris. Now, let me just find this one. Um, I'm just going to put it up on screen. So Chris has said um, that he's exploring online consultancy work for his local authority audience um, that will come out of this experience more familiar with online models. His problem is, is that the local authority staff are really busy because they're trying to deal with this crisis and it's difficult to get their engagement. So at the moment, he's trying to maintain his profile on LinkedIn and he's offering you know, free resources through a new Facebook group. Is this a sound strategy? Is there anything else that, that he could be doing uh, to to go through this. Um, Liana, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, because uh, Chris, I'm in a similar situation. I also work with a local authority and I do their, I manage their um, startup program. And my reaction initially, I, I revised our strategy and then basically said to them, we can take everything that we're doing and do it online. And then, uh, then I heard back and it was very similar. You know, the local authorities are all hands on deck to, to deal with the immediate issues. Um, so what we've decided to do is I will continue in a community management capacity. So finding ways to create um, connection between the audience uh, using the newsletter. And then what I've suggested is then I allocate an hour a month to just have open, have an open Zoom session for the members of this particular local authority program. And then they can come in and it's an opportunity for everyone to chat, see each other. Um, you know, I can give a little bit of advice, mentoring. I, I can invite other people to, to get involved. And it's a really, it's a big win for them. It's a win for me. It's easy to do. And it just keeps that conversation going. The, the beauty being that once we all get back online in this new normal, any conversation that you would have had about the local council trying to sell in the idea of online, which notoriously, um, you know, public sector is very like, no, 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 because, you know, they're risk averse. Um, they've already bought into that. So you kind of can take advantage of this big, big wave of change to then get through your bigger vision. So I would be patient, you know, think about how you can be of service. Um, but again, I don't know that I would use a Facebook group to uh, monitor that. You may want to volunteer to create a newsletter for them instead and say, you know, I can create a newsletter that we can send out to your mailing list that will have 
you know, all the stuff that you might be sharing on LinkedIn in one central place. And then that, again, it just creates a richer, uh, deeper experience, which I think people really need right now. That's lovely. Thank you, Liana. Richard, anything you'd like to add to that? Oh, it was good. I liked it. Excellent. <laughs> it's good. You I don't. Um, the, what, what, one of the things that I don't do is work with public sector. Um, so um, I just find them just a little bit um, of all the all the things you, you said, just a bit slow in their thinking. And then to you know, a year later, they all get you know transferred jobs, and you spend all this time building relationships with people, and then someone else has changed into a different thing, or someone's been voted in, and someone's lost their kind of seat, or whatever it is. And, by the end of it, I was just thinking, what well, you know, I like fast, you know, so it's not my, uh, not my thing. So I and and that you know, ex, expert advice. So I think that was a very good um, synopsis. So well done, thank you very much, Diana. Great. We're going to jump on to a question from Lydia now. So Lydia is a diamond broker and runs a small bespoke jewelry business. It was doing really well. They specialize in luxury ethical jewelry. Um, they don't have a specific range that they sell online because it's really expensive to develop that from concept through to all the imagery and everything they need. Um, and they were going to do that this year. But because everything is just ground to a halt, overnight she's looking at other ideas um, not linked to getting the range online but just to other ideas and thinking about subscription um, and you know any way that she can continue to to keep her business moving whilst people are are much more aware of their finances at this point in time Richard do you want to have a, a start with that yeah. one I, do you know what I think, Lydia? Because um, because I know the kind of model that you're making, and and the beautiful thing about it is that these diamonds are um, the diamonds that she particularly works with are lab-grown diamonds, so they're completely ethical diamonds, um, high quality, um, really really great product. Um, but it does need a storytelling, you know. It's kind of it does need a little bit of story to sell the concept. So, if anything, this is maybe a good time for you to really double down on that story and to get people really brought into the ethical concept behind it and why they should start planning it. So that's the first bit, is the story behind it. The second bit, I think that you need to kind of start to think about a bit wider um, in terms of the whole event and see what you can do to help it. You, the proposal itself is a whole thing. So if I think about when I proposed to my wife, it was hotels, location, dinner, restaurant, the ring, and the, the current, kind of the whole event around it. And so if you could maybe think about, right, if it's more of a, a proposal event or proposal event concierge service where you'll speak to the, the future you know, groom, hopefully, if the, if the wife or, or husband says yes. Um, so you, you want to say, look, um, how can I help you to actually then find um, the right place, the right setting, talk to you about what it should be like, the right ring, the actual design of the ring, everything along there, and maybe almost offer that as kind of a concierge package, because I know that her clients are um, top end, you know, net worth um, type clients and so having they're used to having per, you know personal assistance etc maybe in work and so you can then become that kind of per proposal personal assistant and maybe then start to tie in with some referral partners into maybe wedding planners as well so then you can kind of start to do the you know I helped them the proposal then I could introduce you to a wedding planner and then that person could then take on the actual um, you know the, the wedding side of it 
Um, I do think you've got I do think you've got a, an issue because you're not a commodity person. It's not like you're going to have the next H Samuels online and people are going to go on and buy your your rings from you. You are you want to stay really kind of top end um, experiential um, for it. And that and that's you know, the, the high street is not going to come out of this um, in, in very well at all. We can all start to see that you're seeing the the end of these huge kind of juggernaut type um you know um you know shopping malls etc it's, it's going to be really tough but the the future high street tomorrow will, will be an experiential high street you'll go in you'll you might go in through things that you need to like nail you go your nails your hair um and to, to have a coffee and then you might go and sort of browse some stuff say i like that and then it'll be you know amazon prime delivered to you in the next day and you won't have to carry anything that's kind of where it's going so if you can try and get into that experience side of things then that's what I would be looking at for your business. And uh, Lydia, I know that you'd popped in a suggestion in there about um, a subscription service or a little bit different to what Richard's um, angle was, which I really like the sound of actually, because I can, as you say, Richard, I can imagine somebody, um, you know, saying, actually, I do just want this help. I want this overall service. But you were also asking a question about, you know, what about a subscription that was maybe, um, you know, every month they pay and by the end of however long they've got enough diamonds to now make the ring or the bracelet or whatever it is that they want. Um, so, so Leon, I don't know if you want to, you know, again, build maybe on what Richard's saying or, or discuss that idea. Um, and, and just, um, Lydia, for, for to confirm for you, Emily is not your girl. She said she's into the Play-Doh jewelry. Um, so, <laughs> so I just yeah. thought I'd that. that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with um, Richard with regards to the story. I was watching the um the explained series on netflix and they have one about diamonds and basically how De Beers created the engagement ring and it talks a lot about um the lab grown diamonds and i'm like that's such an opportunity for someone to reclaim that space and brandix De Beers has invested loads in um diamond labs so like they know that it's coming and one of the big things to come out of of COVID is, you know, the way that we think about environmentalism for years and years and years, we were told that no one will ever stop flying. And now we've had to stop flying. You know, we're not in cars, like all of these things, the green agenda has moved forward massively. I think it's important to think about um, in the short to long term, who is your market going to be? I think the self-gifting thing sounds awesome. And I'm thinking about professional women who, you know, they, they've got their own cash and they want to create jewelry for themselves. Um, they want to buy jewelry for themselves. They like the ethical part. There's also something about kind of sticking two fingers up to like the industry by making a choice to buy ethical diamonds. I think that's a, that's a huge statement that people will make. Yeah. Um, and I think that's huge. So I'd be looking at reaching out to, you know, women who are professional women who are influencers in kind of that, the fashion design space. So I'm thinking of like Cindy Gallup, who is, you know, she's really active on Twitter. She's from the, she's a creative director and she's absolutely massive. Um, and I would look at uh, collaborations with other designers. So be it jewelry designers, fashion designers, some up and coming people, um, and I would start to look internationally. So possibly going into Asia because there's a huge luxury market in Asia that's rebounding very quickly. And again, being able to get in there with that green, um, angle 
is something that I think would resonate really well in China um, and Singapore and Hong Kong now that those markets are coming back. Mm. I, I, I think I think you're really onto something there. Um, I know Lydia's been throwing this around, but actually this influencer stuff. Now, I know Lydia is, um, I think, ex-Oxford University kind of that side, which is a huge brand in itself, right? And then these lab-grown diamonds. And then you put those two things together. So you could be like a, a diamond, you know, Oxford grad type techie person, right? So you could brand yourself up with that, which I know you're working on, Lydia. And then clamp that to a real fashion designer so a name you put those two things together you do a collaboration diamond and then you push that out into an audience that would really appreciate appreciate that british brand with that bit of oxford university that little bit of kind of you know um other sort of designer person and the diamond that could really go well so you, so maybe it's actually kind of collaboration for a single type of product and then using that then go into the little concierge. Sorry, Cambridge. Oh, she's going to kill me. It's and you can follow the Swarovski model. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. And do like what they've done, where they work with designers to create everything from chandeliers to bespoke pieces of jewelry. And I would go into like I go into London College of Fashion um, design schools and see what's who are the up and coming designers. You don't want necessarily you may not want to look at, at the established brands, but who's up and coming. Mm. Um, and you may also want to start looking into AR. You know, Shopify has had an AR feature for the last 18 months. And a lot of small business like small e-commerce businesses don't realize that. Mm. And that's something else that you may want to start looking at because, you know, to Richard's point, we're not going back onto the high street um, and people will want to buy online. And the way AR technology is going, I, I'm now at a point where I would almost like fully expect to every furniture store, for instance, to have that as a function. And I prefer certain websites over others because they have the AR function and I can see the furniture in my room. It'll be the exact same with jewelry. I I I love I love that kind of um, AR stuff, and then and then that means potentially you don't need to have the whole um, catalog pre-done. You can kind of create these. Yeah, things. like like it, like, it, like retail's moving so fast, and I think anyone who has an interest in e-commerce, um, luxury, anything like that, should really look to Asia and look to how they come out of this and what happens in the luxury market um, over the next kind of three to nine months because that'll be really telling yeah yeah i like it i like it um one 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 thing i'd also say when we're talking about these influencers what about some sort of fashion brand that hasn't gone into the diamond space that you can kind of clamp together and bring them in there um there's a lot of people that are sitting at home um they're saying furloughed but we're all kind of still scrolling through social even furloughed so you might find a fashion brand for something that hasn't got to say a michael kors or something like that that hasn't quite gone into diamonds or jewelry but is in handbags and shoes or whatever it might be and then you might pitch the idea saying that you're representing this kind of lab grown eco culture you want to do a co um design with them and see if i mean they you know see if they'll they'll work with you see if they'll be interested to make that happen and if you do that then they've got distribution and brand you'll be you'll be well away i mean it'd be a fantastic pitch to get in there but that type of model could work well 
And Lydia said, um, interesting, and they can only say no, which is it? And all you need, though, is one person to say yes. Uh, and then you're away. So excellent. Thank you both very much. I'm going to jump on. Um, this one might be a little bit, I'm not sure if it's too vague, but let me just put it up. So Manny has said, I'm planning to sell my sauces online via website on a try before you buy option. Now I've asked him to expand a little bit on it, but I know he was having connectivity issues before. Um, so I'm not sure if that's enough for you guys to, to give any thoughts on. Can I give a bit of context? It, it might help, um, uh, Liana. Um, so, <laughs> like, so, I found, so Manny found himself in one of my masterminds, and um, and he just sort of was talking his story. He 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 was asking questions like this, and then I sort of said, "Well, what's your backstory?" And he says, "Oh yeah, I'm the guy who invented Nando's," um, and I was like, "WTF? Like, what are you talking about?" And um, and he. He was the he invented Nando's. So he had in South Africa, Nando's was born. He had the original Nando's um, shop. He created the source, and then he had two investors that came on board, and Nando's expanded. And they basically cut him out of the story. They completely cut him out of the story, took him okay. away, and it was you know he he's actually still in kind of this legal battle with Nando's. So it's a it's an amazing amazing story. <laughs> I've actually got some many sources in my uh, cupboard, so uh, um, he, he's a bit of a hero um, and a very unassuming his hero. Um, so I, I imagine what he's doing is he, he's looking to, they're basically hot sauces that you buy from Nando's, but it's, you know, Manny's recipe, which is kind of the original recipe. Um, so I imagine he's doing a try before you buy, i.e., you know, ordering a sample maybe for free and then being able to try it and then then buy it. That's the, an interesting way of being able to get into it. Um, but I'd, I'd love to um, ask Liana what she thinks in terms of, um, think about it as a new brand with that much provenance, right? So he can talk about his yeah. original Mr. Nando's. He's got the pictures of him outside the shop and black, black and white pictures of him outside the shop in South Africa. Like he is- He could do it with a birch box. Okay, like here we go. Yeah, one, two, three, go. <laughs> So I can see like this little, like a nice little box, like branded box and you order your sauces and then the sauces are in. So it's all got to be hundred percent biodegradable. And then there's maybe some recipe cards. So then like on the website, you might select like, uh, you know, vegan, vegetarian meat eater. And then you might then under meat eater, select the kinds of meat that you eat. And then you'll get recommendations for the sauces and then you say, I want my try before I buy. And then the sauces come and then like three recipes underneath. And it's just enough for you to make like a small little portion. The idea being that you'll love it and then you'll buy it. That's, that, that's cool. I mean, I, I do like that. You, they used to do that with Grays. Do you remember Grays, the kind of little fruit and nuts things that come? Oh pits. yes, yeah, 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 and yeah. You yeah. do a little free sample. You get a little free. It's like Gusto meets like birch box or beauty pie or anything like that. So mm -hmm. long as they can fit in a post box, then you don't have to like worry about logistics. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, and then you send it out. It's sort of yeah. It's literally like Gusto meets birch box. <laughs> yeah. See, so I, I, have a, I, I love that idea. So I, I have a Gusto um, delivery. We we have three three a week. Um, one box for three. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love Gusto. My husband goes eight for Gusto. I do love Gusto. That's their market. I'm like, how did they figure that out? I know. You would have been intentional. It was an accident. Yeah, it's like, do you know, I love it. I would do it. 
Right. Well, and Leona, I just have to, so an idea for your husband, um, in case you haven't already thought up with it, how to reuse your boxes. Richard, I believe you have built a pub in your shed out of your Gusto boxes. So every Friday afternoon, I normally go down to the, the local pub that's got a swings and stuff for my kids. And so they were like, Daddy, can't we go to the half moon? And I was like, no, we can't because we're on lockdown. And I was like, we'll make one. We spent all afternoon making this perfect pub out of boxes. It's still there. So every night we go down the pub. It's it's, I love it. So let, let, let me just come, come, come back at you on Manny's idea because I really like this idea. But I think, Manny, you need to kind of look at this and transition this actually into a bit of a business model. I think that you need to own Friday nights. And you go out there and say Friday nights is Manny's night. And we're going to have chicken or maybe, maybe, maybe make it a, a weekday night. So maybe Wednesdays and Wednesdays are Manny's days and you do a. a Wait fr- a minute. Can Manny sell them just to Gusto? Can he sell them to Gusto? Yeah, yeah, mate. That's, that's a really good idea. <laughs> way more than that way. Just sell them to Gusto. You could, you could, you could definitely go to Gusto. We have this like added extra section now. So you can buy like Charles Bingham dinners and like goo pots. Just sell them Manny's. Yeah, then half that is like sauce, and then you can add them, and then that's your tribe free vibe. But Gusto's the customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. If you can do those corporate deals or get fresh, etc., they can work really well. But you, I would almost argue that you could also create because I know that you're, he's finding it hard to get any kind of penetration um, into a lot of these places. So um, maybe trying to create your own little sort of Wednesdays is your Manny's night. And you'll send the chicken, you'll send the sauces, you'll send everything to do your own kind of chicken Wednesdays. Um, and then people just have a subscription and then they just pay, you know, you know, 10 pounds a week or whatever. And they know that every kind of Tuesday they're going to get all the chicken and stuff they need for their Wednesdays, um, chicken meal. And then it just becomes nice rhythm and a nice subscription model for you. And then people will buy sauces outside of that potentially. You just It's hard because really your big option is to try and get into a supermarket, et cetera. That's what you want to do. But Or Gustos, right? Any, anything like that. Because again, I think supermarkets, all of that is going to change. I wouldn't be surprised if supermarkets after all of this are less inclined to take on new brands because what the raid on all the food has shown, what's popular and what's not. So if I was in... If I was a buyer for a supermarket, I would immediately I would cut out anything that isn't profitable because this huge wave that they're having isn't going to last. So I think that the way that supermarkets bring in new brands will be very, very different because the way that we now grocery shop is going to be way more utilitarian than it ever has been. Because now we're faced with a world where sometimes you can't get bolognese sauce. So you just have to like say like you're always but you always buy Lloyd Grossman. There are times now when you don't get that. So either you buy any bolognese sauce or you buy the tomatoes and the ingredients and you make it yourself. So I think that the way that we, the way that we um, buy in the supermarket is going to change. And I think supermarket procurement is going to change off the back of this just to make it a more profitable business model. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if you're working because you've got that story of provenance, because all, because all of that, unless you, unless Manny can invest like a million dollars pounds or something in this business model to get it up and running it's going to be so cash intensive if we're looking at chicken and this and that and the other so in the first instance i think that if you can build the story around the brand and do some storytelling and 
yeah, then maybe create a ritual around a night of the week, but it's just about the sauces and not everything else. Once you get that traction, then you can sell the sauces into a bigger player much easier than you're going to be able to sell meal kits to individuals when they're also, you're competing against Gusto and Mindful Chef and HelloFresh and this and Cook and that and all the small business cafes that are now delivering and all the small business cafes that are now frozen foods and delivery. It's like the market is super, super noisy. So you have to really kind of dive in deep on like whatever your core thing is. And if it's those sauces, like find a way to sell as many of the sauces as easily as possible. What if you were to go into, um, so, so at the moment, as you said, so many people like the half moon are delivering, which they never did before. Um, so what if he was to start off by going into those local pubs um, who are now delivering and saying, look, guys, you know, why don't you, you know, people are going to get fed up with having their lamb, you know, the normal way every time because, you know, so why not use my sauces and actually have that as a, a promotional thing? So some uh, another way of starting to build that brand recognition up. And, and by the way, Victoria suggested it should be Manny's Mondays. Yeah, and then it could be meat free, and then it's all about how you like season vegetables. So lots of different ways to approach it. So great. Well, thank you guys very much. I've got um, a question here from Emily, who is asking here. Hang on, let me just mark it as a question, and then I can put it up on the screen for you. Um, everything's online. So much is free, for example, webinars. I can't comment on that, of course. Um, and potential customers are probably viewing more, but you don't want to be just another blur on that news feed. So Emily's an HR consultant, and she's saying generally people buy her um, as opposed to her skills. So, so she's, you know, it's her that is the differentiating factor. So what can she do to, to stand out? And, and Emily, maybe just pop this into the chat as well. I think you are mainly dealing, um, I might be wrong about this, with, with companies of a certain size as well, that you've, they've got to have a, a number, okay, SMEs, she said. Um, so thoughts on how Emily can, can reach out to more people? I guess the question is, is Emily trying to get more clients or different kinds of clients what Emily do you want to just answer that in the chat there what's your objective potentially yes I guess that's more clients so it's more clients yeah to get more clients do you have to do webinars or can you be more Yeah, I, look, I, I think in terms of crowning out from the crowd, um, don't don't worry about the noise that's out there. The right type of marketing and the right targeting will get you to the right audience. So if you if you worry about what other people are doing, you'll just never send anything out. And so if you never send anything out, you'll get no results. That's clearly how it kind of works. So um, you've got to dive in at this time. I've got clients that are HR consultants that are getting a ton of leads and the reason why they're getting a ton of leads is that nobody understands how to work with furlough staff nobody's understanding why they're going to get all this money from the government nobody understands what their legal obligations are and then the other strange thing that comes out of this is goes oh i furloughed this person dave who i don't really want back after furloughing but i kind of want the government money but then i want to get rid of them because i didn't really like dave anyway question you know and that's what pe people are I genuinely, that's an example that's been given to me by some one of my clients that's asked me that question. The 
HR world is exactly what people need now. They need they need a couple of things really. They need kind of conversations about how to get online and do some marketing and stuff for when this starts to happen. But they also need to understand how they deal with the people now and after, and then rebuild culture. Um, there's someone that I'm talking to at the moment that's doing a whole um, strategy about um, how to rebuild a culture in the organisation post COVID. And so they need to start building that culture now to be able to get through it. This is this is absolute kind of um, I don't want to say it's, it's not it's, you know it's an opportunity to want of a better word now is an opportunity. I don't like saying that because obviously clearly there's, there's there's a lot of tragic news that's happening because of this. But there is there is definite um, requirement for your skill set in in the noise that's out there, and you only need to be important enough to twenty people. You know, when you're an HR consultant, if you have 20 decent clients paying you decent amounts of money for your consultancy services, then that's a really nice consultancy when you're working with the SME space. And so from there, those 20 people, you do an amazing job with them, will just naturally refer you to another 20 people and you'll just grow by doing an amazing job and to have a great brand from doing it and doing great work. So just double down on the smallest, most perfect amount of clients. Find your real perfect client avatar and get brilliant at working with them, get brilliant at communicating with them, become a thought leader. Do you remember I talked about those four things at the start? Leadership, personalization, you want to get into their rhythm, you want to give them community. So focus on a small amount of them and give them leadership and give it to them regularly and so try and bring them back into a community, um, be it a LinkedIn group, be it a Facebook group, be it a Slack channel, whatever it is, just get them into something that they can start talking to each other and say nice things about you. And and that's really actually a good idea, Richard, because I know that Emily, um, she's put a comment in that she's guessing that things will slow down. And I know she's not alone in that. I've spoken to to several HR consultants. And while at the moment they are just completely overwhelmed with, with everybody, as you said, with, with so many questions, their expectation is that they're going to hit this, this lull um, as, I guess, things settle down. So, so that's really good ideas on how to start um sorry, sorry, I, I want uh, i want to give the honor a go at it but um now's the best time to to talk to people about getting them into retainers get them into some retainer models mm -hmm. that then take you through that start you're building relationships now that become the sales of tomorrow but don't wait too long people are buying stuff now i closed three big deals this week already so you want to think about actually getting the sales in now or start talking about those retainer models now because you're doing them all this favor, all this extra work now, mm -hmm. lock them in and then you've got them on the long term. Thank you, Richard. Liana, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think, see, I agree 100% with um, everything Richard is saying and I think a nice kind of marketing build, if you've got clients now and you, you can focus in on like your perfect ones, you can get the ones that you've got into retainers because to Richard's point, you know, they're, no one's going to want to be without that support because we don't know what's coming up next. Maybe then take that, that additional bit of, of time and, and marketing spend and invest in getting a podcast created. Because if you can have a podcast now that talks about, um, you know, it, it educates, it inspires, it gives you the opportunity to interview other people in that space that are influencers that you would like to build relationships with, be it brands, uh, media, whoever, um, then you can invest in that podcast whilst you've got that momentum and then really ride that wave. So then if things do get quieter, you've built 
an audience around the podcast. And, and it doesn't have to be some wide audience. It could just be your clients. It's the idea that it's people that are engaging with you and experiencing your expertise in this really rich, meaningful way that delivers value for them. Um, and, and you can then continue to create content around that. And then that can be your marketing because that one bit of content, you can share it on LinkedIn. You can send it, um, it as an email newsletter. And, you, and it means you don't have to do everything. Um, but, every, but what you are doing will deliver you and your clients value and longevity. Yeah. And the other thing about that, Liana, is that, you know, from what Emily said in terms of that people are buying her, mm-hmm. the podcast is absolutely perfect for that because the podcast is is showing you and, and people are getting to know you and they're going, yeah, actually, yeah, there's tons of other HR consultants out there, but I like Emily and I like the way she talks and I want to listen to her. And the thing is it opens it up to, because there are a lot of startups that have big teams and they are trying to deal with all, a lot of this, but there's not as much help and support available from the government. So they're kind of being left out in the cold. They may not, they won't have an in-house HR function, but they're having to deal with furlough, all of these things. So whereby they're not your SME today, if they've got the runway and they're building a relationship with you via the podcast and your thought leadership, when they come out of this in 12 months time and they're like, yeah, we now we're ready to you know, rehire our people. Let's get Emily in um, to be our, our, our HR consultant. Yeah, I'll I tell, tell you a story about this. I was speaking um, only this morning um, with a client who's a, uh, a recruiter and um, obviously recruitment companies have got massive issues. Um, and because, you know, all work's dried up, everybody's got recruitment freezes, or most people got recruitment freezes. Um, and so, but we know that there will be a spike coming because people would have got rid of lots of people and then they're going to get the growth and, and they'll start recruiting again. So I said to him, look, how many people do you really need um, to be working with? What if, what if you just focused on 50 people within the drinks industry is who he, who he starts to recruit for? I said, how many people on average do you think that they would recruit for? And he says, probably about, there's probably about 200. 50 recruitment from those 50 people in the year I said if you just got 20% of those 250 would you be happy and he said I'll be happy with just 10% of those recruitments um, to be happy I said well look make the list of those 50 people then individually invite each one to be a on your weekly I said webinar but it could be a podcast um, and then that gives you the ability to grow that kind of um, relationship with that person you're co-hosting. You can talk about the drinks industry. The people from the industry drink industry will be interesting because they hear someone that sounds like them talking about it. And you're then asking questions about people. So then it brings it down to the people. And then from that, you build out 50 relationships of which they all start watching and listening to it as well. And then that kind of cross pollinates and then you will get guaranteed 10% of those, if not. I know I'll talk about it, they'll refer because the relationship that you have with them is it's based on this of, of service. It's you wanting to be of service. And right now that's the most important thing because there's so much information. Yeah. I think people are, are, are going in deeper to the voices mm-hmm. of the people that they trust. And that doesn't always necessarily mean the people and the voices with the, the biggest reach or profile. No. Yeah. And that that's one of the questions that we answered in the webinar this morning was, was who do you listen to? Because um, yeah. there's so many voices out there and there's so much uncertainty. And, and it really came down to you listen to the person you trust. Yeah. They're going to give you the answer that is the best answer they can give you right now. It might change tomorrow, but that's because 
the the situation is so fluid. I'm going to move this on because I've got a question from Sunyana, and then um, and then hopefully we can go back to Rebecca, who did send us some information, um, who is the person we started off with. So Sunyana has been establishing herself as a thought leader. Um, she's got a series out called the A to Z of Anxiety, and in this she goes online on Facebook, and she's really been helping people through well the A to Z of anxiety. And she started it before COVID nineteen really kicked off, but it, it's been, you know, very well timed because obviously this is something people really need. Um, but what she's trying to do now is how can she attract or go after a strategic partnership so that she can broaden her client base? And she's a holistic therapist. Liana, do you want to go ahead with that one? Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, so, Liana, <laughs> get typing. <laughs> is it one to one work that's being delivered only because if I'm thinking, of a, yeah, is it one-to-one -one work? She's looking um, for a mixture. So at the moment, she mainly does one-to-one -one work, but she's looking at groups and, and different ways to, um, I guess, make it less focused on her, um, you know, time for money so that she can reach okay. a wider audience. Uh, okay. Sunyana, type into the messages if that's incorrect or if you want to expand. Okay, so we're building a brand around the A to Z of anxiety to then turn that into a... a a property that's external to you as an individual. Okay, cool. So with that, one of the, this is a good time for strategic partnerships, especially if you would prefer the relationship over the money. And I say this because brands at the moment are reaching out to influencers and trying to, and basically saying, Hey, can you wear our this? But influencers, that's a business model. And they're, they can't afford at the moment to do things for in exchange for clothes and this, that, and the other because that's their revenue and their revenue is getting squeezed. Whereas if you are looking to build a brand and you have, it doesn't have to be a huge following, but you can demonstrate that you've got community and then you've got some momentum, you can then start to chip away at these brands in the same way that, that influencers did at the start. But what, but you, what you're saying is, I'm not I'm not looking for money from you. I'm looking for your distribution channels. I want to ride your wave in the same way you want to ride mine. And that's what I like to call the old snail and the whale from the Julia Donaldson book, right? So we're looking for whales. Um, when I would look at um, sort of ancillary services. So if there's a particular um, oil that you use or a treatment um, Go to those brands and say, hey, I'm always recommending this. Let's find a way to work together. You can look at um, corporations. So again, now that everyone is working remotely, health and well-being is huge. I think the way that people support their teams is going to be very different. And I think it's all going to be about standing out, adding value, something really, really lovely. So is there a way that you might be able to work with a corporate as a strategic partner whereby you say in the first instance, I've got this new online course um, that I want to pilot. Can I pilot this to your people? Then you make that available to them for free. And then there's an upsell in it so that they can, if they love it, they can then pay to join like some other part of whatever your lead funnel is. And just using numbers, if you say, I'm going, I'm going to look at companies that have, you know, 1,000 plus employees if you were to get 10% of them 
that's a good way to start for an initial investment in something free. You can then use that as a business case to take to other companies and say, I deliver this for company Y. Would you like to do that? But then to them, you're saying it's going to cost you X pounds or dollars per seat. And and first company kind of they paid for the creation of it and on and on and on it goes. So that's one kind of partnership that you can do. You can go um, like I say, like a like more like an influencer style partnership um, using your social media channels. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've got on that off the top of my head. What about you, Richard? So, so I, I'm 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 a bit naughty because I I know um, Sunyana and uh, I know kind of where she's she's at. So I'm just going to I'm going to indulge the uh, opportunity to actually just speak kind of straight on to her of what I think that she should be doing now with her business. Um, and so what you just said about strategic partnerships is fantastic advice and definitely take that. So I'm not going to kind of give alternative ideas there. So see, see previous answer for conversation about strategic partnerships, basically. Um, in terms of what I would like to say is that now's your time. You're dealing with the, the issue of anxiety. There'll be a lot of people worried bloody worried about even going outside the door last year we were worried about leaving the eu now i'm worried about leaving the <laughs> door. So, uh, <laughs> you know that's, that's where we're at people so, <laughs> i'm way down <laughs> oh, God, sorry, man. Um, so, <laughs> so 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 you have a wonderful opportunity to really really help and assist I think you've got to do something which is which is my favorite um, kind of lead generator at the moment, which is a little free five day kind of course or Friday challenge that you can help people. And if you can actually say to people, right, join my five day, um, you know, remove anxiety um, course where you give them a little video every single day for five days. Use some of that A to Z content you put together, but put give them a little task to do. So here's sort of a five minute video telling you about one part of dealing with anxiety and then an action that you should take half an hour to think about. Maybe it's a meditation, maybe it's a bit of Reiki, maybe it's whatever it is. And then by the end of the five days, you then give them a bring it all together and now you have a tool set for you to personally deal with anxiety. Then what you do is you make day six the magic day and day six is the bonus day. And that bonus day gives them the opportunity to book a one-to-one 30-minute Zoom with you to discuss how they did on the challenge. What that Zoom actually is, is a sales pitch in disguise. And I mean that in the most beautiful way that I don't, it's not sinister. You give half of that as a, how did the challenge go? How can I help? How can I do this? And then the second part is you open the door for them to progress further within your programs to say, listen, I've got this amazing um, course that gives you even more content like this. Plus, it's got a little bit more of a a personal sort of online Zoom element to it or whatever you can do to draw them onto your next piece of product to that kind of um, one to one coaching, maybe that you might help people with their anxiety, whatever that kind of next step is, you draw them up to that. But that sixth day is so beautiful because you do a landing page, they convert on that landing page. On the thank you page, you say it's day zero. The first thing that they need to do on day zero is book next week the one-to-one six-day bonus with you. So you just instantly action that as the first thing they do. And then they've got accountability to actually do those five days because they know they're going to see you on the other day. So your lead generation, which will pile people into a free challenge, you get a huge conversion rate. That will get a huge one-to-one consultancy conversion rate, that one, one-to-one actual meeting, which will then give you a chance. Of- they've gone through that five days, that no like and trust. By the end of it, they've already watched so much of your content. They kind of like you and want to work with you. 
and then you can upsell them easier. That's what I would be double downing on. If double downing on, double down on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you both very much. Um, Shirley had mentioned about teens as well, and I know that's a particular um, passion of Sunyana's to be helping teens through anxiety. Um, and Sunyana, if you're okay with it, I might introduce you to Gary, who um, it deals with basically people with post um, post traumatic. Uh, I can't speak apparently. Thank you very much. Um, and, and is looking at helping people and he's getting a lot of inquiries about teens. So if you're both okay with that, I will write to you separately and introduce you in case there's any synergies there as well. So we are over. Talking about teens. You mean teens as in teenagers? Yes. Yes. Teenagers. Sorry. Um, so I realize that we're over the hour at the moment. If anybody does have to drop off, then don't worry. You will get a recording of this as well. But well, I just see you wanted... later, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Being emotional. <laughs> anybody other than um, Richard and Liana? <laughs> Cheers, Richard. <laughs> I wanted to take us back to Rebecca. So Rebecca is the very first um, question that we had. And we were, she was family consultancy and we were looking um, a little bit about what she could do, but needed a bit more information. Um, and Rebecca has very kindly typed that in for us. So we can see that they look after a small number of families on a concierge basis. So it's anything to do with the children, um, line managing nannies, offering some one-to-one -one sleep consultancy, which they already do over Zoom. Um, and have been thinking about offering an online course for parents. Um, they already have early years training experience within the company and it might be on sleep or behavior or any other time things. And they thought this might be a good time. So if you remember, Rebecca was saying, you know, should I use a membership site? How should I approach this? So Liana, what are your thoughts with this, you know, bit of extra information here? So what I would do in the first instance is open up the Zoom one-to-ones to include other categories because at the moment I've got two young kids and I'm inundated with so much dealing with work and them and this and that and the other. And I think that an online course might be, might create information overwhelm. Whereas I love the idea of if it's already a concierge service, I love the idea of just extending out the services that are offered virtually using zoom. So if instead of sleep, I can also do something on weaning, if I could do something on anything else, but do it on a one-to-one, -one, I actually think that using myself as like a, a test case as the customer, I think that you would make more money uh, per customer doing it that way because I would be hesitant to sign up for kind of an online membership or anything like that but I probably would be totally okay to pay between 25 and 45 pounds a call to, to get my questions answered. Um, which means instead of having to invest the time and the resource in creating this whole other digital property, you're going to your existing clients and be like, how else can we help? We're now offering one-to-one -one consultancies in this, that, and the other prices start from 25 pounds an hour and then see what the uptake is, because then you can understand like, what is the interest in what, what kind of support do people need the most? And then that can inform whatever online product you create that maybe like maybe becomes a more passive revenue stream. 
You can then look um, as off the back of that one-to-ones to create a space of like thought leadership. So then it's almost like a Norland nannies kind of a thing, which then would allow you to create a, a training program or, or all these, you know, extensions that you could then uh, market off the back of your brand um, following the success of, you know, this new kind of like more uh, this, this deeper uh, service that we offer to our existing clients. Because I've just always, especially in this current market where everyone is taking their business online. We don't know what the new normal is going to be. We don't know what that's going to look like yet. I would be hesitant to invest time or money in the creation of new online courses. If I didn't need to, I would just start by adding more value to the things that I'm already offering. That is great, Leona. Thank you very much. And that kind of ties back to one of the things Richard said at the very beginning was about not rushing out and creating something brand new, um, but expanding on what you've got. Richard, what would you like to, anything you'd like to add on this? Yeah, I, I do. Um, so you're you're essentially a, a family concierge. Now, um, let, let me kind of give you give you a sort of a, a feeling of, of where families can be. So I want you to know that there is some families, and my family is one of them, that have both, you know, part people within that family, both both parents working still. You know, Cara's still working uh, full time on her job, not completely unimpacted. Um, I'm busier than ever because I'm just crazy, and also we've got to homeschool the kids, and also we've got um, you know various things going on. It's crazy, um, and so there is like. If, if if the idea of a family concierge at this point that can kind of organize this this whole massive part of our lives that we're having to deal with in the kind of to you to me who's looking after the kids so you can say right I've booked in a tutor who's going to do a zoom call to be able to help Milo to do his maths homework um, on you know between nine and ten today I've booked in um, a kind of entertainer who can have the two kids via zoom for this time. And that kind of stuff, I would be, you know, it'd be kind of something that the right people would be seriously interested in. And, you know, you could run a Facebook ads campaign. You could target people that have got an interest in private schools. Um, and then you go and pile into those, that audience. Now, there will still be people with private schools that are impacted, but there will also be people that that will, that will pay for education, that will pay for education. Um, and so we still need to have our kids educated and and we don't really know what our schools are sort of supplying when they're supplying what's like it, it is a job to keep on top of that bit of our lives and we're both very successful career-driven people so it, it's it's a nightmare and so that's kind of consolidation I think that could work really well so I love that it's like online business management for families set it up on like monday.com or trello boards that kind of a thing Uh, unbelievable and yeah that's a shout well we we you know we we, we've we've talked i'm paying for it right now (laughs) (laughs) rebecca you've got two clients already lined up to pilot this for you (laughs) the thing that we were talking about before you know deborah and i were talking about how i how i could have some time or, or, or find someone, you know, through, through the stuff that, that Deborah and I did. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would 100% pay for that. Because it's such a pain in the ass. It's so hard. It is. It is. I think uh, I was like, the idea of an online course just overwhelmed me. But I'm like, like just, yeah. Don't give me more. Take the pain away. Right. Uh, 
it, it sounds really silly because you know my life with my kids is um very much um when i have my session i'll take him for a walk we went for a picnic today mm -hmm. i do the 12 30 till 2 and unfortunately my wife who's amazing kind of does everything else which is a bit naughty of me, I know. Um, but um it just means that we can that that i don't i just want it to be fun i don't have to teach maths and stuff then so if you can if if, if she can kind of consolidate what's coming from the schools what needs to be done what homework needs to be completed how can we go and get some extra people in and then like the family working diaries because yeah. like like you know because then if they could pull in the the two partners diaries so then it's like this is when mom got meetings da, 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 da. and it's every week like on this like on a sunday you got your weekly schedule like who needs to be where oh man literally that would be priceless right now <laughs> Well, and I know as well from, you know, I've meeting with lots of people who have kids and, you know, there was one person who is normally, you know, bright and cheerful and she was just, um, you know, you could tell she was really down and it was just all getting to her because her daughter um, didn't basically want to do any of the school stuff she was supposed to do. She's working from her bedroom because now she and her husband are both working from home. They're in Switzerland. They've just got a small flat. Um, she said, I never seem to get out of the bedroom because, you know, sh she's working there, she's sleeping there. Um, and, and she did just really brought her down and having something which you might even be able to offer through some of the corporates because, you know, they're people are stressed with the pressure of working from home and dealing with the children. You know, the number of calls I have is, um, is I can't remember who I was speaking to, you know, we're meeting the children or I was trying really hard not to laugh with the same person the other day as her child was on the bed, hiding under the covers and then peeking out. One of my members yeah. just sold that offering into a huge multinational um, tech company. And then they're going to roll it out to law firms, which is exact. It's like a virtual kids club that's being done for their employees exclusively because it's like mm. it was it was kind of it, there was something romantic about it during the first four days not too much <laughs> so rebecca rebecca says definitely will pay for this because it yeah. solves it takes away such an immediate hmm. pain this is any i mean you know this is these are families it's it's where you've got two working parents. Because even if you think about, like my, my youngest son has SPD, which is sensory processing disorder. So he's behind in school. And so for us, it's like, oh my gosh, when we're not showing up and doing all of that work with him, he's only going to get more behind. So I'm going to have to look at, like, we're gonna, I'm going to need someone to help me do all of that stuff. So any anyone who's got children with like learning difficulties or anything like that, where they they, this time out of the structure of school will set them backwards. There's a vested interest in paying for additional support just to remind us to do the things that we're supposed to do. You know, it's not even about them doing it. It's just, I need the reminders. I need someone to help set out my time, like someone who understands the children's patterns and how people are working and they'd be able to put all of that stuff together. They will, we would give them you know, this is this is what our school is using to facilitate it. Literally, you come up with the timetable. You tell me when we need to do writing practice, when we need to do, do OT, all of that kind of stuff. Assign it to a parent based on what their work schedule says. So then there's no fighting. I did it last time. You have like an independent source who's saying, no, you're up for the walk this afternoon. <laughs> and then that makes it easier. And it's literally just being delegated. And I think 
Mm. That I've said to my members, you know, a lot at the moment, you've got to remember that not everyone is financially worse off at the moment. There are people whose jobs are secure, they are stable, and they're not commuting, they're not paying for childcare, they're making money in this weird way, right? Like interest rates have come down, so they might be saving a lot on their mortgages. Like it's not necessarily doom and gloom for everyone. And also people are prepared to make choices. And I don't think that we should as business owners ever second guess someone else's choice on their behalf by thinking that people won't pay for it. I think it's about adding something of value, really being able to touch and like, no, I know this solves a problem and then putting it out to market. Yeah. That is great, Liana. Thank you very much. Rebe- um, Rebecca, Richard, it's all the R's. <laughs> yep. Did you want to add something onto yeah, that? I, I do. Because um, the question is, the issue is whether people would really pay for it. Um, so so um, people are paying for private school fees. So so are our schools um, doing a 30% reduction during this time? Uh, the one down the, the road is doing a 50% reduction. So that's talking about, you know, you're, you're talking about four grand a term. So you're, you're talking about people that potentially, if they got 50% off, are getting two grand back during this period. And so there's budget. There's budget in there. Um, and so... You, but but the thing is that you still need to educate them. So it's like I I already had that four grand that was going to be spent on the education. That's per child, by the way. So you've got three per kid child or whatever. You know that you, there's even more there. So but there's also more headache for the person. So so you could kind of look at that and just try and get in there. Now what you want to do is a little bit like the conversation we were having previously with the HR person is that you want to get in now, help them whether it's the most painful with them but sell them the retainer that then when it goes back to school, you're still there helping to organize kids clubs, helping to organize. Because that's the point anyways. And it's and, and people have always said, I've always heard anecdotally, like I would pay for someone to help me manage the birthday party invites and the parents days, but it was never such a pressing issue. But yeah, Richard, to your point, like now it's such an issue that once you see how easy life can be with that, I don't know that you'd give it up so easily. Hmm. And I think that that's it. As Richard said, you're going to be, you want the longevity. You don't want somebody thinking of it. I only want it now while I'm doing, um, you know, while we're in this this weird situation. You want it to keep going. And and your idea, Richard, about selling that on um, is great. Um, I'm going to just note there, um, Rebecca, Charlotte has put a note into you. If you too mm-hmm. want to be connected, just let me know and I can, I'll, I'll connect you separately rather than um, sharing emails in here unless you want to do that. Yeah, can I, um, can I just, just say that's a really nice idea. So Charlotte said um, c- she can connect you with the children's entertainer um, who can do the entertainment bit. I, I also know there's a there's a fairy Sarah, I think, um, who, who you pay and fairy Sarah does the live with your kids and then she she entertains them. But because they're saying, you know, hi, Milo, hi, Poppy, right, we're going to go and, you know, do some drawing and stuff. They're just sitting there absorbing it. And you just, yeah, fine, all right, here's some money to speak to my kids for a while. I've got an email to do. Uh, so, <laughs> and this collaboration will be all in. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there, Liana, because okay. I'm really conscious of time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so great. I will me. Nice I wasn't Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> talking to me. I was like, I'm going to cut you off. I was like, yes, do. And then you said, yeah. I was like, oh, no. I'm not being rude. 
Um, and, and, and Vicky, um, I think you're on the call as well. If you think it's worthwhile you being put in touch as well, um, then just pop a note in there because I was thinking there might be some synergies between you um, and Rebecca as well and possibly even Charlotte. Um, so, so just let me know if you guys are happy for me to share. But what I'm going to do, because we are, are um, well, it's, it's 25 to, to 5 trying to figure out the time now. So what I'd like to do is to just ask, um, you know, Liana, if people want to, you know, learn more about you, to get in touch, um, I'm just going to put up on screen now the link, but do you want to just say maybe a little bit about the Inspiration Space and, and what you offer? Yes. So we are a community that makes it easier to start and grow a business. We work in collaboration with the University of Winchester. Um, to offer our members business development support, um, access to investors, and also a sense of community um, so that we don't have to do all of this stuff alone. Excellent. Thank you very much. And as you can see there, you can just click onto the link if you want to uh, get in touch with Liana. And Richard, um, do you want to talk a little bit about, I know you normally talk about the... Um, 30 leads in 30 days. So I'll just put the link up for that. Yeah, so we so we got a, a special offer for people that are on the, uh, the, the the webinar, et cetera, that we're looking to do a 30 days in 30 days challenge, which helps you build a lead generation funnel um, for 30 days. Um, basically gives you 20 working days. So you get weekends off, bless you. Um, so don't worry about too much. Um, but we'll build a landing page. We'll build a download. We'll build a follow-up sequence. The whole thing's templated. So you can actually then just drag and drop and create your own. There's a video of me every single day to be able to tell you how to do it. There's a community that you can set up um, that you that you join. There's a VIP Facebook community. And we all talk about what's going on with our funnels, which is fantastic. And we have a weekly Zoom session where we get on there and I can actually problem solve that. Um, it's as cheap as chips. Um, sorry, it's great value. So jump on there and, and check it out. Um, and uh, thank you, everybody, for an amazing audience. It's been um, really good fun again. And thank you, Deborah. For you. Yes, wow. thanks, Deborah. I heard there's a really interesting thing that you're doing around podcasting. And there, there might just be. <laughs> Strangely, it's a five-day podcast challenge. Um, and I will, just before I talk about that, I will just mention that I'm doing work with both um, Liana and Richard, and they are both, as you've hopefully seen, full of ideas, full of knowledge, full of expertise um, and, and inspiration. So definitely worth connecting with them, um, you know, whatever way is going to work for you. For me, I am the podcast launcher and the podcast concierge. So I work with you to get your podcast launched. Um, and if you want a quick start, then the five-day podcast challenge is the absolute best way. It gives you everything that you need to do. So at the end of the five days, you are ready to launch your podcast podcast and you just have to submit it through to Apple and then it'll be out there. It'll be out there for that audience ready to listen to you and to start building that, you know, no like and trust. So again, if you're interested in that, just um, click onto the button there and you will get all of this information in an email to follow up as well. And we will let you know who and when the next webinar will be. So thank you all very much. And thank you so much, Richard and Liana, for joining us Everyone today. Enjoyed Bye it. Now. Hey, take care. And we'll um, talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Oh, you forgot the poll, but it's all right. Oh, I forgot the poll. I forgot the poll. I may have forgotten the poll. <laughs> 
hang on, let me find the poll. Oh, shoot, where's it gone? <laughs> there we go. So the last thing before we say goodbye <laughs> um, is just to see how you're all feeling now. So it's the same question again, apart from now you've heard from all of us. How are you feeling at this point in time? Oh, we've got a five. That's going awesome. great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's me now that I know that there might be an online concierge for my family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you need me to put you in touch with Rebecca as well, Liana? Yeah, right. <laughs> I need I need access. <laughs> well, that's great. I can see that we've gone, you know, with lots of people are up in the fours and the fives, which is fantastic. Um, and nobody down in, in the lower numbers at this point. So that is wonderful. So have I forgotten anything else, Richard? No, no. <laughs> <Phew>. <laughs> <then> say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye again, everybody. Uh, take care and, and have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine and have a lovely evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And if you'd like to find out more about the Tuesday 1515 or the podcast courses that I offer, why not head on over to bridgeroadconsultants.com forward slash events. Look forward to catching you on the next episode. Bye for now. You've been listening to Deborah Levitt on Bridging Gaps, the business podcast.